everyone. Welcome to There's a System to This Madness podcast. I am your host, Osaze Shabazz. Each week, I talk about the difficult situations we face by peeling back the layers of politics, education, and culture. But I wanted to start the podcast off, and I know this kind of is more like a refresher, but it just, again, I just feel that every now and then I need to give a fresher in regards to my views in regards to the purpose of this podcast. And I'm, you know, I'm basing this off of some of the feedback that I have received on my social media page, um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and also um, the comments that have been left by individuals in regards to the podcast. I think, um, and let me be clear, by no means are criticisms, particularly criticisms of things that I say my views are influenced by individuals, uh, pretty much for those of you that have been following the podcast, you kind of get a sense that I express what I mean, what I feel. Uh, some of the stuff is pre-written. Some of the stuff is off the cuff. So it's not an issue of me being coerced into saying certain things. It's just I always use this as a sense of therapy. Basically, I've always pushed with my clients the concept of journaling your thoughts and feelings and expressing exactly what comes to your mind at that moment. And don't ever let anybody give you the impression that your thoughts are wrong, although they may be wrong from society's point of view. But if it's in your heart that you believe that this is what you feel, what you believe, what you understand, what you come to a conclusion that is the best remedy for what you're feeling, go with it. Don't ever let nobody say that these ideas that you have are outlandish because they're your views. And pretty much, you know, if you feel like it, yes, you can choose to explain that, but sometimes you don't even want to even do that. Sometimes some individuals are not even worth your time to express your point of views. Because in some cases, I know, particularly with things that I say, already know they're going to be people that just, they're not going to get it. I can post something, particularly on Facebook, with certain groups, because I'm in different groups that I post my ideals on, and I automatically know the feedback. I can look at the comments without even going to that particular group and I know which group are going to respond. I can say something like uh, I posted on Facebook last week. I made the statement that I find it interesting that white people claim they never see color. However, racism and bigotry and prejudice are based on color. 
So, of course, you know, I paste this on white dominant groups and on black dominant groups. And of course, I'm going to get I'm going to get different response. I mean, I'm I'm expecting that. Yes, it is impressive when I get white people that actually agree with me because, you know, the statement, in my opinion, is not an outlandish statement. In fact, I think it's an accurate statement. How many times you constantly hear white people say, oh, I don't see color, but yet all of the hatred and bigotry in the world is based on color. I don't, I think everybody's the same. I see the same. We're all the same on the inside, you know, that type of bullshit. And you know that that is just not true. You know, so when I post things like that, I'm expecting some type of backlash. And to be truthful, I just sit here and I might listen to it for one day. I might read the comments for one day. And of course, like with Facebook, you can just turn off the notification. Because it's like, ah, okay, I got like 20, 20 responses. And out of that 20, 15 are pretty much trying to point the finger back at me. And then, you know, I look at the black group sites that I'm part of and get 20, 25 responses, comments, and they pretty much say, oh, that's on point. You know, I might get that one or two individuals being like, uh, no, it shouldn't be based on that. And I'm like, yeah, okay. You know, and every now and then I'll take the time to respond to it if it's something that I just feel that it's worth my time to respond to or if there's a catchy statement, even if it's something I totally don't agree with. Because most of the ones that I tend to make a response to is to offer some type of clarification. And when I'm like saying clarification, not somebody that's just off into their own little realm. But when somebody is like, I can I can feel that they're trying to get it, but somehow they're seeing it differently. So I'll say to myself, you know what? Let me let me dialogue with this individual. And from there, you know, and it's interesting. There have been times where after that dialogue, the person may comment and say, I get what you're saying. I understand what you're feeling. They might even say, I don't agree with it, but I feel what you're saying. You know, I think, you know, even like one of the biggest feedbacks or I should say critiques, feedbacks that I get is when I criticize Democrats. When I criticize Democrats, particularly in white groups, when I say that's almost like an abomination, especially on Democrat sites, oh my God. I mean, like I said, the race, religion, anything like that, it is half and half. But criticizing Democrats, when I say the rhetoric, the vile, because Democrats are some vile individuals, especially when you criticize Democrats. Another subject that is very touchy when you criticize black people. 
when I'm in my black groups and I say things that things that we as black people cause on ourselves or should not be doing and how things could be prevented. Oh my God. You know, it's just you and and see my thing is eventually when I keep seeing response after response, comment after comment, and I'm like, I gotta say something. It's just it's hard to bite my tongue on certain things. I mean the whole concept of this podcast, the 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 name itself, there's a system to this madness because I believe you have to have an unorthodox frame of mind to truly understand the workings and the concepts of the United States, particularly in the area of politics, social media. I mean, society as a whole. If you trying to just lay a straight line in how things work, you're you're going to lose it. Uh, I mean, if I sit here and say Donald Trump was the best thing to happen to black people, and I can put that on a black site and I can put that on a Democrat site, both groups will lose their motherfucking minds. And all I'm saying is from a black man, what Donald Trump has done He has caused a sense of urgency from or for black people to get off their ass and get into politics. And I mean, in terms of registering to vote, I mean, running for political office, that bullshit of only voting in the big elections, only voting for governors and all that type of stuff, learning how state level, local government works. This is what I believe Donald Trump has done. I believe that when Barack Obama was president, especially his first term when he was running, I think black people sat up. They took notice. I think when he gave his first State of the Union address, when we saw that he was going to G7 conference, things like that. We paid attention to that because we more or less was focusing on him. It's almost like he was like an action figure that we were just fixated on. And while you fixated on him and you seeing that he's going to this event and that event, you couldn't help but to pick up something by just listening to this. Well, it's the same thing. Donald Trump pretty much gave that to black people. I ain't saying that he did anything for us because his tagline was really, what did the Democrats do for you? And it's a, it's an accurate statement, but shit, he ain't do nothing either. He just basically got you to just think that the Democrats didn't do nothing for you. So you should just vote for me Cause I ain't going to do shit for you either, but at least he's telling you, I ain't going to do shit for you. And let me, let me pump y'all damn brakes. I know some of y'all there sitting there saying this motherfucker is a Trump supporter. He's a mega hat wearing, he's a Republican. You know, I'm not. So don't get that dumb shit out of your head. I am a, a registered Democrat. I have 
you know, I have no problem with saying I follow Democrat politics. However, I will call Democrats out when it comes to promises that have been made to black people. And I will get on black people for not putting Democrats feet to the fire. So I just wanted to kind of go over that to give people this idea of the the purpose of my podcast. Kind of, you know, I'm trying to give you a, a refresher and give you, you know, I guess a reintroduction of who I am because you got to understand, like I expressed before, I'm almost 60 years old. I am a clinician by profession. I'm, you know, pretty much behavior specialist, therapist. I am an ex-Marine. And without a doubt, I am a black man. I am a man. So there's certain things when you add up all of these criterias, I have my views. I'm set in certain ways. I believe that there are key factors that in my life have shaped my decisions and my viewpoints. So some things I just, I'm, I'm old fashioned. I believe in a handshake. I believe that a man should open the door, any door for a woman. I, I believe that a man should be in front because he's the protector. A lot of people might say, you know, that's old fashioned and that, you know, you will never get with a feminist. And you're right. That's not the type of person I'm looking for. But at the same time, these are my values. It's not saying that I knock anybody else's value, but you have to understand the basis of who I am and where I come from. I am the type of person, no matter what, it can be a Republican administration. It could be a Democrat. My thing is, you still got to survive. You know, do I believe things like police brutality? Has it risen up? Absolutely. Are there things that you should take caution that can, uh, I guess, stem down? Yes, it's no doubt. But at the same time, do I? I believe that I could easily be a victim of police brutality every fucking day. Every day. So I know this world that we live in, this country that we live in. That's why I say there's a system to how things work. And it is a madness system. But there's a way to work your way through it. Yes, there's some people that play the game and they still get filed. But on average, I truly believe if you play this game, understand the rules and know how to stay steps ahead, you can survive these United States. Starting off, what I want to talk about is that I believe that the Biden administration is doing the best that they can with everything that is stacked against them. However, there were promises that he directly made 
towards black people that I don't believe that he is putting a certain oomph and getting it done. Black people are at the point where we get it. You know, the Senate is, you know, yeah, you know, I get it. Democrats have the majority, but the Senate is fucked up. If, if anything, I think it's more fucked up if the Republicans had control over it. Because, I mean, again, what can get done? You got motherfuckers in the Senate that want to be rogue. They want to use that power that they have for, even if it might only last to the midterms. They're going to get as much as they can and make everybody kiss their ass for the next two years or who's to say their power might increase. But I believe that there are things that Biden can do. I believe everybody have something that they want that will make them roll over inside with you. And I just don't, I just don't believe that the Biden administration, I don't think they're doing that. I don't think they're doing enough. So it's almost like, Hey, I made these promises to you black people, but they are doing this. They are preventing me from doing that. So I tried, let's move on. And to me, that that's bullshit effort. That's, that's a bullshit effort. I think one of the key aspects that Democrats have to come to the conclusion is that when you gain power, you have to continually focus on maintaining that power and also increasing that power. I use sport analogies. There, there are football teams. There are, you know, sport franchises that they just stay dominant. I think of the New England Patriots for during the Brady years. They just had a streak of winning 10 games every year, going to the playoffs. I mean, Tom Brady, you know, um, not including the Tampa Bay Super Bowl as well. This guy had several Super Bowl wins. Seven, I mean, that's, that's unheard of. Nine Super Bowls total. And you win seven of them? Because they had a power base, but they focused on how to increase that power. I think about the Cowboys during the Jimmy Johnson tenure. It was about not just coming into power, but even when you won, you didn't sit back and just say, okay, we got power. No, you focus on how to increase that power and how not to lose that power. You have to consistently look at how you can build a better foundation while at the same time you look at those individuals that are also trying to disrupt your power. This goes for the same thing as politics. You can't just say, okay, we got the majority. I mean, you have a skim margin. You know, everybody's celebrating. We got the Senate. 
But nobody paid attention to Joe Manchin. Nobody. I mean, did he just come out of no place? He wasn't an asshole before the elections this year. I mean, really? West Virginia, since Joe Manchin has been benefiting on a number of issues. This wasn't happening just because he was just laying low and not doing nothing. He has always been a player. It's obvious if the Democrats just took the power from the Republicans and previously Joe Manchin was benefiting West Virginians, it's obvious he had to been doing some willing and dealing with the Republicans. So my thing is this, fuck Joe Manchin, the Democrat leadership needs to focus on getting new allies, getting new friends. There are Republicans that have what I call, they have a conscience. Focus on those individuals. Look at what they are about. See what you could, when Joe Manchin says, he's not going to change this, he's not going to go for the voting rights or change anything. You know, when you, when you got a senator that is flat out saying he is not going to play a part in the voting rights, when you see how shitty this stuff is and he's flat out saying he's not going to, he's not going to change that, he's bought He's bought. He's, there's no doubt in my mind. And he's from West Virginia. How would that affect him? Really? How, how, how's that going to affect him? To make it easier for everybody to vote? But let's be real. West Virginia has a small minority population. So he has nothing to lose. So he can, he can keep that center profile. Because he's also, he's playing that long game. Because he's thinking, what if, what if the Republicans in the midterms take back the Senate? He's like, you know, I'm getting prepared. He's really getting prepared. This, this, this reminds me, I don't know if you all remember the story of the biblical story when Lucifer got his crew together and they decided to raise up against heaven with the attempt to take take over heaven. So Lucifer had his his angels, because the story was Lucifer was an angel. God had his crew and they went at it. But what people fail to realize, there was a group of angels that didn't take sides. There was a group of angels that just waited out and was going to step on the side of the group that won well heaven prevails lucifer and all his crew they were knocked out of heaven sent i guess to hell uh but then you had those angels that did not take any side and they decided like okay they're gonna chip back into heaven and god is like fuck that oh no <laughs> it don't work that way so they're banished. But the irony is that, so they're like, okay, well, we're going to go down to hell. But Lucifer's like, fuck y'all. I don't want you either. 
So they in limbo. That is Joe Manchin to me. He's one of those limbo angels. But the only difference is he hasn't really been banished from either side, but he is in a position where he can wait out to see who the winner's going to be. He is basically trying to preserve himself because he doesn't have full confidence. He doesn't have full belief that the Democrats can hold on to the majority in the Senate, and he's preparing for the ideal that if the Republicans take back the Senate, it's going to diminish his power. So don't be surprised if the Republicans take back the Senate, watch Joe Manchin get some type of nice chair position in a Republican-led Senate. Now, my suggestion is the Democrats need to go out and get more seats because if they can get one more seat, that would just diminish Joe Manchin's power. And I guarantee if that happens, you will see Joe Manchin. He'll be just like one of them angels. He's going to try to take sides. And then at that point, you could be just like God. No, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, we're going to take your vote because now we're going to make you our bitch. But make no mistake. We don't need you. And we don't need to capitulate anything for your state. So, you know, he's he's taking a major gamble. But at the same time, like I said, he's playing he's playing that long game. I mean, Democrats need to start focusing on looking at, like I said, looking at Republicans. And building a rapport with them, because if they can get one, two, three Republicans, the flip sides, that's all they need. Again, they can give Joe Manchin the middle finger. And see, this, this is how you have to set your power base. The 48 Laws of Power, one of those laws state, there are times you have to work with your enemies to maintain your power. If you find an enemy that have the same same concept, same philosophy, getting what you want is getting what you want. You think people on a football team, they all get along just because they, they're on the team? You think people in the Marine Corps, we all had the same mindset? No, but we were trying to survive. We knew that we had to work with other platoons. We had to work with other branches of the service. I can remember when we would be on a, a naval ship, we fought like cats and dogs. But when that shit hit the fan, oh, trust me, we became as tight as a fist. It was amazing to see how everybody just come together. But see, people don't understand. You got to get to the point to the reality that you got to say, this is what is in front of me. Just because this person is on my team, of my political party team, of my work team, as a clinician, we work in teams. There are people that have their own agenda. 
you find out how to get that person to follow your your agenda and get them to understand this is the better way. This is what can benefit everybody. While at the same time, you saying, okay, on the next go around, this can benefit you because you got it's got to be give and take. It's always going to have to be give and take, but you still have to get something from them. Not just a one time short favor. It has to be something that will solidify power. This is what you have to understand. And this is why I would say I don't believe that the Democrat Party should turn their back on Joe Manchin. Because, again, that could be dangerous. That could be detrimental to the party. But out of respect, you send an envoy to speak to him to try to get him to understand the big picture, how to focus on how things can be a win-win situation, even if it's not a win-win situation at this particular time. But on the next go around, this is what we can do for you. Because you best believe a person like Joe Manchin, he's talking to the Republican Party. The Republican Party is seeing what he is doing. And the Republican Party is like, okay, when we, if, if possible, when we take back the Senate, maybe even the House, Joe Manchin is going to be that individual that will get rewarded. And see, like I said, unlike the story of God and Lucifer, those angels that didn't take side until they were waiting out who was going to be the winner. See, Joe Manchin, he has that philosophy. But you best believe that one vote that he has can be detrimental. Ima imagine if the, because let's be real, people fail to realize the only reason that the Democrats have the majority is because the White House is Democratic. So we know that the vice president is the tiebreaker. That's it. So imagine if the Republicans can get one of those seats. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do the math in my head, make sure I got it right. Is it one seat or two seat? It would be because the, the, the vote would be null and void. Because see, right now it's 50-50. So basically the Republicans would need, they would need two seats. They need 51. Once they get that 51, there's not a need for a tiebreaker. But think about it. There would be Republicans that would be like, I, and, and it happened. There were Republicans that weren't, they weren't so far, they haven't been feeling a number of the things that their party is about. So imagine if somebody in the Republican Olympia Snow or um, the senator from Utah. I can't remember. I don't know why he's slipping my mind right now. But let's say he leaves. Okay, there's Joe Manchin. There's that extra tipping point. Or if you need a supermajority, 60, you pretty much know you got Joe Manchin. So if you got 51, now you got 52. 
you could persuade eight more people because they already know it's going to be a loss. So they're going to they're going to be like those angels. I'm going to side with the winners. So this is how you have to understand. I have a disdain for Joe Manchin in regards to how he's using his position because he's not doing what's best for the country. I don't even think he's doing what's best for West Virginia. However, being a student of the 48 laws of power, where one of the laws that states that you don't choose sides, you don't show your hand, I believe without a doubt, Joe Manchin, he's playing that law to the T. I really do. I'm going to wrap it up here. Again, if you have a disagreement with anything I've been saying, if I didn't say anything right, again, I'm open to criticism. I'm open to corrections. I love when people correct me. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Again, follow. There's a system to this madness on my social media. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. Please, I post things almost every day. I try to post um, my views from what I talk about on the podcast to also get some type of feedback. I try to do it beforehand so I can get um, some information. But I just felt that I needed to, I guess, give a refresher of my views and the purpose of this podcast. Again, stay safe. I know they're telling you that if you've been double vaccinated, you don't need to wear your mask. That is straight bullshit. I've been double vaccinated. I feel great. But you best believe I wear two damn masks because I know that there are individuals that don't have a drop of vaccine in them. And my thing is my first and foremost responsibility is to take care of my family, my clients, and myself. So although I might have, and I'm sure God, you know, knocking on wood, I'm sure I've been in contact with individuals that had it, but at the same time, never, never tested positive for COVID. Um, haven't missed a day of work, even um, going on two years after my open heart surgery. My immune system is a little bit compromised, but never had any setbacks. And, you know, I thank God for that. But anyway, um, until next time, God bless. You all take care and I will see you next time. All right, guys, thanks for listening to There's a System to This Madness podcast. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe. To continue the discussion that we had today, make sure to check out our Facebook page. See y'all next week. Thank you.